0: Continentals can take the lead. Kenny Gilmore with a crossover, lays it up and in. The Hamilton's first lead of the game, and this place is deafening. There's a rebound in go, and the Hamilton Continentals win. Welcome to the 50 Years of Hamilton College Basketball Podcast, Episode 7. Joe Finley, Class of 2003, and Joe Smith, Class of 2004. These two All-Americans played together in the early 2000s as Hamilton reduced NESCAC competition in favor of the New York State-based UCAA or Liberty League. They discussed their recruiting process as well as being players during the last few seasons of Coach Murphy's era as the head coach. Here we go. All right, welcome Joe and Joe. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping on here to talk a little bit uh, Hamilton basketball in the early 2000s. So great to see you both of you and looking forward to hearing some of the stories from the, the beginning of the century here. So How's everybody today?
1: Doing great. Ahead, Thank you, first, you for first, having first time me. I'll let, you, I'll let you go first, Joe, for the first time.
2: <laughs> uh, Joe finally passes the ball. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's great to be here. I'm happy to see Joe and you, Coach
1: Stockwell. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, Thanks, uh, Coach, it's, uh, it's crazy to put in perspective that it's, you know, uh, 20 plus years already. It's kind of wild that I first stepped on campus and know even two decades past it's still such a special place and such great memories there so really grateful for the opportunity to speak about it
0: yeah well good i think people are excited to hear i mean you kind of mentioned it it's been a while and it seems like it was just the other day that you stepped on campus you know what you know for you joe finley what was what was the process like getting recruited and then ultimately deciding to choose to come to hamilton You know, obviously your senior year in high school Hamilton was great. You had Michael Chance, you know, Johnson's trophy winner, great player, national player of the year, um, just really talented team. And you know, looking at the the program, a ton of wins through the '80s and '90s. And you're trying to figure out where to go to school. How'd you end up choosing Hamilton?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's I was very fortunate. The summer before, I played in the uh, Empire State Empire State Games up at University of Rochester, and Coach Murph had been there and. Um, uh, in essence they kind of recruited me but they recruited me from far uh what i mean by that is we were i had a lot of coaches that would show up every friday to my games and hamilton was not one of them and <laughs> my high school coach was like I, I i don't think you should go there i think they're just sending you letters just because they're interested but it's i don't think they're really you're on their radar and as the season progressed we wound up winning the city championship and coach said you know come up and visit And I will give my high school coach some credit because he made some phone calls and did some research. And he goes, "Yeah, you should definitely go up there and look at it. It's a phenomenal program. It's a phenomenal academic school. If they're looking at you, get your foot in that door, and it's a place you could really grow." So um, I vividly remember sitting in Coach Murph's office and asking him about, you know, they're graduating. I think eight or nine seniors, and what's going to be the opportunity next year? And he was pretty honest with me up front. He goes, "Joe, I don't, I don't guarantee anyone playing time. I will guarantee you an opportunity if you come here and work hard." I promise you you'll get better and you'll earn it you'll earn everything that comes to you. So um, from that from the first moment I stepped on campus um, I just said I'm going to work as hard as I can every day and and you know make sure that when the opportunity comes I could I could you know answer the bell.
0: Well you certainly did you know you said work as hard as you can. Once you get on campus, you know, that fall of your freshman year, what was that like? You know, I know that there's a lot of seniors that graduated in 99. Certainly everyone knows Michael Shantz, but, but John Schmiegel was a great player as well. Both really good front court guys. And for you being a front court guy as well, you, you, you had to look at that and say, Hey, those are some pretty good guys leaving. Maybe there's some minutes there and I got to work hard and earn it, but
1: you know, how were exactly the right. pickup games uh, in the fall? And what was that like? Yeah. The gym, the open gym was very competitive because everybody there was something in the air that said, we, oh, we all have a chance to make the team. So it wasn't, there wasn't as much establishment. We had a couple of the guys that were juniors like Drake and and Brendan Freddie and Fudge. And you said, okay, these guys are, you know, Mike Harrison, TJ is okay. These guys, but when it came to the juniors and the, and the freshmen, there was just so much opportunity. So every day at four o'clock, there was already five, 10, 15 guys waiting for next. Um, Everybody would immediately walk right up the stairs and go in the weight room. Um, You know, three days a week we were doing, uh, you know, heavy sessions. And that's kind of one of the things I think that was a big advancement in my game was that I found that when you lift weights, you get stronger. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I think at the end of, it was something crazy when I came home for one of my breaks, actually, I went to go see uh, a dermatologist because I started getting stretch marks on my back and I was just, I went from 185 pounds to about 225 pounds by the end of the year. So, um, I put on a different kind of weight senior year, but that's, you know, that was after the season. But yeah, the, the, the preseason program was very aggressive. It was, we were, you know, we, we took a lot on ourselves. We were up in, you know, morning doing team workouts and then we'd have the open gym and then we'd have the weights. And then for me, it was a huge change. I, you know, I went to, a, you know, a high school that was challenging, but Hamilton was just, it was a different league. So going into a place where, you know, you were one of the smarter kids in your class to being, looking around saying, wow, everybody is smarter than me. I really have to work just as hard. Off the club, you know, off the court as in, as in you know, as on the court. So um, that was one of the things that you know I remember actually on my, on my recruiting visit, Joe was was in the bar, in the uh, alumni gym. So he was up there. Uh, it was kind of like the keys were open, you know, whatever. And they let the local yokels come up and, and shoot some hoops. And uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, Joe and um, um, who wound up uh, was it Nick? Who was who else was up there with you, Grimmer? <laughs>
2: Could have been, could have been, could have been but CJ, anyway, Greg, any, any of the locals, yeah, any one uh, of them.
1: So it was, it was, it was just really, you know, Joe, Joe's recruiting maybe started a little bit earlier than mine, but uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that fall was just, it was a lot of, uh, you know, on that note, I think coach Murph wasn't very um, optimistic about our season's chances. Mm. We wound up not losing the league game that year. Um, we made the NCAA tournament. We had a great run, but it was the only year that we did not have any Christmas tournaments scheduled. He felt we would need the extra work on campus. So <laughs> which I'm sure you locked. It was the only time I've ever gotten shin splints during a season because we came back from December 26th until January 15th or 16th. We had doubles every day for four weeks. So <laughs> wow. yeah, it was wild. But hey, we it worked. We didn't lose a game in conference play. And you know, we were all hungry. And um, you know, I think Joe, you remember one of the games we were out in California jumping ahead. And it was preseason. It was an opening season tournament. We have never done that. We went out to California. And the day before the game, Chris Fudge and Pat Casey got in a tussle and they were whipping each other. It turned into an MMA match. And Coach Murph looks at Coach Evans and goes, I think we're ready. And that was, you know, we were ready for the season. Once we were starting to kill each other, we were ready for other teams. So,
0: yeah, that season you got uh, to the NCAA tournament again, 19 and eight overall. Uh, any games that really stand out for you above the others that year? Because obviously, graduating that many seniors you don't really know even as a coach you're not really sure you think guys can step up and do it and then you know you're coming in as a freshman getting 20 minutes a game um you know any games that really stood out that you remember more than others from that freshman year whether it's the ncaa tournament games or league playoffs or whatnot
1: right I, i do remember one game and the guys were very mad at me at hobart because i went there on a recruiting visit and me and my high school point guard challenged two of their best players um um, I'm trying sure to think the name. Rob Rob Piscinelli was one, um, but in essence, they we challenged them to 100 points after being out at uh, you know a frat party and it was <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. And I think they beat us 100 to 98. But on you know we beat them, and I I don't remember what I had, but I definitely it was one of my highest scoring games that year. And they were very mad at me on the uh, the layup line. But I still <laughs> actually talked to Coach Roach to this day, so it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that I, I do remember the, the the playoff games that we we hosted the, the tournament. Um, and that was amazing. And then the NCAA, we had great support on campus, but when you're hosting those uh, NCAA tournament games, it's just a couple extra bodies are in the stands and it's just a little different in that, that gym, the, the, you know, there's a different kind of energy and it was amazing to have that experience freshman year. Um, you know, maybe we took it for granted a little bit as a freshman thinking, you oh, know, this it's going to be every year. So it took us a little bit getting back to it. Um, but going away, we, I think we, that year we, we made it to the second round and, uh, yeah. It was just really, uh, it was just a wonderful season to, to step, you know, first time on campus. I, I have I, first time in my career, and thankfully the only time in my career, I kind of had some nagging injuries and playing through that. And, you know, finding your way in, in, in you know, in a, in a new program and, and getting the confidence of your coach. And it was really, it was, it was a wonderful season to, to kind of progress through that and, you know, develop as a, as a person and as a player.
0: Yeah, so that year, that was a year you beat Endicott in the first round of the tournament and then had a, had a tough five-point loss against Cortland. Yes, like you said, sometimes uh, just being hungry that really drives a team to get to that next level, and and a lot of times it's it's harder after you get to that point to try to sustain that. You know, new guys coming in, you kind of feel good, a little less motivation. Where it certainly sounds like that season, the team's hunger overall, and maybe a little disrespect from Coach Murph with those workouts in the winter. Maybe that pushed you guys a little further to get to that point in the end.
1: Yeah, everyone. I think yeah. To your point, it's we we had no we had no star. What I mean by that is every every game a different player stepped up and was a leading score. So it was a pretty pretty unique thing. One thing one day it was Fudge, one day it was TJ Conti, you know, one day it might have been me, but every game it's we just had a really balanced offense where nobody everybody was looking to make the extra pass to get somebody open. So it was, what? um, it was a nice, it was a nice environment where a, a bunch of guys could come off the bench and play. And, you know, unlike the program you run now, where we didn't have, you know, coach Murph wasn't running 10, 12 guys in, in yep. the games. It was, he he had his six, seven guys and occasionally one or two guys on matchups, but, um, you know, that was the hard part. And one of the wonderful things, you know, looking back is we had a phenomenal support on the team for the guys who maybe didn't get in every game, for mm-hmm. the guys that would just work hard in practice and cheer for you, uh, you know, um, big plays in the game and you look and you you see your friends standing up on the bench and cheering for you it's you know it's remarkable it really is it's something that's a super positive thing and you look and say wow i'm really surrounded with some some really impressive people that you know care for each other
0: yeah well that's one of the things i noticed just looking at the box scores and the season stats here doing some research for today is that seemed to be a year where all of a sudden now you've got nine guys with double digit minutes you've got a 10th guy at nine and a half another one at seven and six and it just it seemed like there was a little bit more Number of guys that were getting to the rotation on a regular basis. So I think that kind of speaks to what you're talking about with not having one or two stars. I mean, because obviously Hamilton's had so many All Americans, including both of you. A lot of times those guys get a, a lion's share of minutes, but this was one of the few seasons where you didn't have a guy or two going over 30 minutes a game. You had three, four in the 20s, a couple in the teens, and then a couple more coming in. So so now, Joe Smith, for you as a, a senior here locally, going through the recruiting process, it sounds like you've been up to campus a few times already with some other local guys. You know, what did you see from this team and, and how did that impact your decision at all to, to possibly come to Hamilton? Well, like you said,
2: I, I had been um, attending Hamilton College basketball camps in the summer since uh, maybe sixth grade. And the guys that were on the team way, way back then would work the games and, um, and obviously coach Murph and any assistant coaches that were there, um, were working. So, you know, I got to know Hamilton pretty well. Um, one of my best friends from high school, his older brother played Kevin Thorpe. Um, he played there. And so when Rob, Kevin's younger brother and I would go over to visit Kevin. We would often play 2 on 2 against Kevin and Mike Chance. And so, uh I mean those are two very good basketball players and uh so Rob and I were able to to get a lot better. Um and uh anyway, my my recruiting process was uh, you know, a lot of division 3 schools um and you know, ha- Hamilton was 20 minutes away and so um, I didn't ever feel like I had to visit. And Coach Murphy kept saying, you can't come here unless you come on an overnight. And um, so I finally did. And I think most people go uh, overnights at Hamilton on like a Friday night or a Saturday night when there's actually something fun to do on campus. When went on a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> so a fun for me was uh, eating um, bacon, egg, and cheese at the diner at 10 o'clock. But I thought it was awesome. I stayed with Brendan Ferretti, who did not have a bed in his dorm room at the time. I'm not sure. I think he had a hammock. It was Uh, a hammock. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And and he had a bunch of um, windows because he was replacing some professors' windows as a side job. And uh, yeah, so it just, uh, it was a unique experience. And um, everybody around me, my high school coach and everybody uh, said, it's such a fantastic school you need to go there. Um, you got in the, you know, big question mark and yeah, I did. And so they're like, you better go, you better not waste this. So, So I did. Um, and the fact you're, you're mentioning Joe's freshman year, I went and I saw the Endicott game. I was, I was at that game. And I remember thinking that Noah Hammond, another local from New Hartford who played on the team, he had a pretty good game that game. I, I, as I recall, and when I played against noah in high school i had a couple of my best games so i was able to think that well if noah's doing well there maybe <laughs> there's a chance that i could do well there and so so you know that came down to it but one weird just shows you um where you know an 18 17 year old's head can be um during that time i had a i, I went back through recently and, and saw a lot of my old recruiting materials that coaches had sent me and Hamilton by far sent me the most and coach Murph's chicken scratch and coach Stowell's, Stoles chicken scratch. And anyway, uh, the second most was from Amherst college. Mm-hmm. And I never, I had never heard of Amherst college, didn't know anything about it. Um, come to find out they're pretty high academic and they had pretty good basketball program as well. But, Uh, I know in my head at the time I wasn't making that decision because they were purple. So I couldn't go to a school that had uh, purple as a color and I love blue. And uh, so anyway, so, so Hamilton was the choice. Um, Yeah. And my, my year was interesting because when I finally got there, I was um, one of, I, I think it was 16 freshmen that said that they were officially recruited Hamilton and on a team that had already had, I mean, Joe, you can say it, how many returners there were 12 or something like that returning. And so
0: for now me, everybody. Uh, had no yeah, everyone was returning.
2: You're right. Okay. Yeah. So there wasn't a spot for me and there wasn't a spot for any of us 16 freshmen. So for me, my freshman year was uh, coming from being like, you know, three tank, three time all state, just can I make this team? That's, that was the first thing it was like, can I actually beyond this team that recruited me and, uh, did make it. So, you
0: know. Yeah. So you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned a lot of guys, you know, how, how big was the JV program at that time? How, how important was that? How, how active were they? What kind of games did they play? You know, cause obviously 28 guys coming in with, with 16 all feeling they got recruited. That's, that's a lot of guys. So I assume a lot of them ended up on the JV program. Yeah, there was a big, big JV program and, and it was, uh, coach Randy
2: Turgowski, uh, he his his duty. He and Coach Evans kind of I think both took the role of coaching the JV program. And the JV program had like twelve or fourteen guys on it. And you know they were all um, they're all in my class. Mostly all in my class. And and um, the fact that I and and two other guys, C.J. Canteel and Greg Leone, made the varsity as freshmen. Um, you know it was a, it was kind of a funny dynamic between us and them. But uh, there was a lot of competition for spots, and it pushed everybody. I know it pushed me.
0: Yeah, Joe Finley, I mean, what did you think of this this big freshman class and, and a couple of guys making the, the varsity team, essentially? Did, did you see some potential there? Did some guys stand out? I mean, I, like you said, you had a lot of guys coming back from that 2000 team right. that was undefeated in the league play. Also now you're trying to keep that hunger and, and mixing a few new guys. How was your your sophomore year? How, was it different than yeah? First? I mean, the, the
1: sophomore year was, was was extremely competitive as well. We had a couple of guys that um, you know were mature enough, I guess, to realize saying, uh, you know, I, maybe I want to pursue something else. So we had two of our bigger players, Ryan McCavery and Lou Boyd, and they actually went out and played football instead. Mm. So um, you know, I don't know if it's because they saw Joe Smith coming on campus or what, but. Uh, Um, It was just, it was very competitive and it's, it was, it's a huge commitment. You know, I, I say a lot of the sports, not to say I was jealous of it, but we, we kind of were, there wasn't a day when we weren't practicing or getting better or, or quote unquote in season. Um, Even in the, even in the, you know, the, the spring, we would still have the open gym pickup and, you know, it was an unspoken rule that, you know, coach never said, Oh, you got to be there. You know, I'm trying to think, Joe, you might remember who's the, the guy coach Murphy used to reference all the time. Was it, was Willie, was it Willie Jackson, Willie? Yeah. And he was saying, he, you should just show up the first day of practice. He never did preseason, never did anything. <laughs> and coach said he'd show up and he'd be the best player on the court. So he goes, what am I going to tell him? I can't tell him to show up. He's better than everybody else. So he <laughs> came up ready and whatever his, whatever it was he did. But um, you know, with these three young guys coming in, it was nice for me. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, Joe will, uh, will say the same thing, but you, it's nice to have people that you could guide through the experience and even just staying in a hotel and packing your bag and, doing a, you know, a pregame shooting and, you know, have somebody to, to, you know, shadow or somebody to say, okay, this is what, this is what's coming. Be mentally prepared for it. Um, It just makes a difference. And, you know, thankfully I was very lucky to have those guys that were older than me and hopefully the guys that play younger, um, you know, that were younger than me could say the same thing.
0: Yeah. So those next two years, a lot of returning guys um, seemed like two years where there was some, some growth and some development, you know, certainly 2001 season made the ECA cease, had a tough one point loss with Fredonia, and then the next year um, made the UCAA tournament. Right. Anything that stood out, you know, over those two years for you guys? Because I know you know, Joe Finley, your senior year, all of a sudden you get back and and you have a, a 23 win season, great season, get back to the NCA. What are some of the memories of those that sophomore, junior year, just generally, if anything stands out for you?
1: Yeah, at least at least for me, the, the sophomore year that was, you know, I looking back on it, that really is heartbreaking is we we, we were hit with the injury bug that year. Um, and it was things – Brennan Ferretti, who was, you know, our captain, um, came down with a broken foot
0: mm-hmm.
1: to start the season, and he was electric in the preseason. I mean, we have open gym. We were playing whatever it was, seven points. He's scoring six points, no questions asked. Pull-up jumpers, curls. You, you couldn't take the ball from him. Um, he was fast. And then he, he breaks his foot and he never really was able to get healthy enough the rest of the way. Um, and then Chris Fudge um, was an all-league player and he comes down with sickle cell anemia. Um, he's, he really was, a, he, there's no polite way to say it, but he, on the court he's just dragging ass and coaches is just like yelling at him saying, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he just, he literally, his body was failing him. Um, so, you know, he kind of got it corrected by the end of the year, but it was just, we never were able to get our mojo, you know, TJ Conti was another player that was phenomenal. And we were very lucky for most of my career. We didn't have many players who were injured, but I vividly remember him doing a jump stop in the key on the basket closest to where the training center is now with the athletic, uh, you know, training room and his knee, it sounded like mm-hmm. a, a, tree branch snapping. He blew his patella. He blew his MCL ACL. He broke his, his tibia. It was like mm-hmm. a nightmare. He was in a brace for nine months. It was kind of a nightmare. So, um, you know, that we, we, we had a lot of, um, mishap and things that weren't, it wasn't, we were making mental mistakes or we weren't prepared or we weren't working hard. It was just things that were kind of out of the control. And on paper to start that season, we had, you know, I think it was eight seniors. It was, we won the, you know, we were second round. We were saying, Oh, we're writing our ticket to the final four. We had Joe Smith and CJ and Greg, we had some new young blood coming in the system who could come off the bench and play and add competitive, you know, to, to practice, but it was, um, yeah, it was just a shame that year.
0: Yeah, you can't do anything to prepare for injuries. That That's just something that just every coach knows. When they come, they come, and he's got to try to find a way to survive. I mean, still a good year, 18-8. and eight, You know, certainly better than a lot of teams in the state and in the country, but not what you'd wanted coming off the season before. So how was that different for you, Joe Smith, coming in as a freshman, trying to figure out? I know a lot of times guys say that freshman year just flies by, and they don't really know what's going on. Was that the same for you, or was that a little bit different? Yeah, it's just trying to figure out who I am as a person
2: and as a player there and how do I fit in, do I fit in, all those things like a normal freshman goes through. Um, also, for me, you know, I think Joe mentioned it too, trying to figure out am I even smart enough to be here? You know, like uh, it's a, everybody in the classroom seems to know a lot more than you do. So it was a lot of catching up. But basketball-wise, I really felt as though uh, it was the, the overall – feeling around the team and around the program was that it was a bit of a disappointment that we didn't make the NCAA tournament uh, because they had for, I think it was a consecutive number of years before that. Um, and so my freshman year being the first year there, and then everyone's saying, you know, what a, what, you know, what kind of a disappointing season it was, was kind of interesting. But the thing that I take from my, from my freshman year that year in particular is how much it meant to the seniors um and their leadership and their uh commitment to it um and mike harrison who one of my favorite teammates ever because he would do anything on the floor to to help win he didn't care about points or or any you know stats whatsoever he just wanted to win remember at halftime one time uh i i was in there and it was just he and i and just about to go back out and um he popped like i don't know six pepto-bismols I'm like, what's going on, Mike? And he's like, oh, I do this every game, six before the before the game, six halftime. I'm like, Well, what is it? He's like, I just, I just want to win. I get nervous. And I was like, you know, so it really, you know, you don't have that in high school. You don't really run into that too much, unless it's the coach, maybe. But uh, but yeah, it was an eye-opening experience. Um, you know, going on and playing uh the teams that we played against and and with the guys we played against, played with. Um really fun, but uh, disappointing and knowing that the, the following year um,
0: we wanted to do better. One of the things I, I mentioned earlier is that that first season we we're talking about, there's a lot of guys and not one or two guys that played major minutes. It was really just a lot of guys getting good minutes and solid rotation. But as you guys got older, it was, it was easy to see that next season, you know, Joe Finley was 32 minutes. Greg Leone was 30. Joe Smith was 31. And then moving into your, your senior year, Joe Finley, you played 35 minutes. Joe Smith played 34, Kevin Yanni was 30, Greg Leone was 29. So it got back to more of that, here's our core group of guys and they're going to carry the way. You know, It seems like that senior year, all, thing, all of a sudden things started to click again. You had five guys in double digits with a six-guy average of nine a game. Um, do you feel better about that season going into it? Was there a different mindset or did things just kind of start to come together over the course of the year and give you a chance to have another great season? For me, it was all about – getting back to where we
2: needed to be, where we knew the program should be. And everybody kind of started to fill a role that they were comfortable with. Um, it wasn't anybody trying to, who's the alpha dog here. Joe was, you know, who's our top scorer. It was Joe, give him the ball and we'll run through him. And, um, and everybody just kind of like, all right, you know, I guess that's how it's going to go. And then after a few games, you realize that is how it's going to go and that's how it's successful. And, um, you know, we had other guys that that came in um, to our program behind me, you know, or under me, I guess, whatever. How you want to say it? That were really good. I remember in, in preseason, Joel's talking about this. We had this kid from Chicago that was featured in Slam magazine which back at the day was a big deal. Nobody from Hamilton, I don't think, has ever been forever has been before featured in Slam Magazine, and that was uh, Stan Peck. And uh, Stan came in, and he was the real that he could play. And I think Stan ended up being, you know, our sixth or seventh man, or something like that. You know, so uh, so we knew we had some talent that that fall for sure. And and again, everybody was more comfortable.
1: Yeah, sorry, and I know Joe, you're right. The, two of the things that I remember is, um, you know, we we the, a lot of the minutes I think were also part of uh, you know, uh, because of injury. And what I mean by that is, you know, I don't much, sure, I can't remember now if it was my junior or senior, Joe, my junior or senior when Stanton, um, went home for, unfortunately for a friend who passed, but he had gotten hit in the head in practice and he was having some issues. And then he went home and he found out he had a brain tumor. And it was, you know, he was definitely the same Stanton when he came back, but he just missed so much development, so much on court time. He was always a positive to this day. I mean, you made him, he's got the biggest smile you've ever seen in your life. And he's an optimistic person and he's back involved in basketball, but it was, you know, selfishly as a player, you say, Oh my God, I can't believe this. You know, one of our best players, you know, and it's, you not know, mad at him. He's just mad at the situation. And then I, I you know, you look back at your senior year and you say, what could have been differently and how could we have it done? And I tell people, oh, we made the sweet 16. We won 20 plus games, et cetera, cetera. So, oh my God, it's such a success. And I'm like, yeah, but we were like a bucket away from <laughs> going further. We were just one play from something. And one of the biggest you know, looking back that you said, oh, what was missing? And it was Tim Welkons. You know, he, Tim was a thousand point scorer. He came on campus freshman year. And, you know, Joe had a point is, I guess, looking back, um, I, I didn't consider myself, you know, obviously you look at a stat sheet and you say, okay, I'm leading the team in, in points and score, but I never, I guess, considered myself to say, oh, I'm the best player on the team, or, you know, I'm, I'm the one who has to get the ball. It helped that Coach Murphy was calling the place for me to get the ball. But, um, you know, I looked at Tim Wilkins and I said, wow, this kid's, this kid is going to be, something. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem for this league. He, and he wasn't overly cocky or confidence. It was almost like he just didn't care. He's just like, I'm just going to play basketball. And in preseason, he was making buckets all over the court. You know, he wasn't shooting from half court like Steph Curry, but inside, outside fast. I said, he's going to, he, there's not a, a team that's going to be able to contain him. Um, So it was, it was, you know, looking back, I said, Oh man, if we had Tim Wilkins, you know, Joe, I don't remember that Florida tournament we played in, we played a couple of uh, ranked teams, I think. And we wound up winning by you know ten or fifteen points. It was down in Daytona, and Williams was there, and Jimmy McCarthy, who played for Hamilton, he was a senior when I was a sophomore. um, Was like, yeah, this this Welkons kid's going to be a problem. Um, And then, unfortunately, when we played them later in the year in the the NCAA tournament, Tim was you know had foot surgery and he and he wasn't you know um, suited up. So it was definitely a a hole in our lineup. So. But yeah, it's, you know, you look back at senior and you say, what could we have done differently? And, you know, we had a quirky thing that, um, you know, Joe, I think we uh, superstitious. Coach Murph was very superstitious. He, one time I mistakenly, I had to run back to, I might've had a little Mike Harrison in me too, where I had to run back and use the bathroom and pop a couple of Pepto's and come back. And (laughs) you got these pregame nerves. And, uh, but I remember seeing coach Murph walk through the uh, sage rink and he would touch certain parts underneath. And it was his, repetition and this is what he did before he went out and that was his routine and I said oh my god and I never told anyone this but what I used to do when we sang the national anthem is I used to count each star and count all the stripes and as long as I did that before the whatever it is a minute 45 I said I'm gonna have a good game today and that was just my pre-game thing and it was so bizarre and it was just something different but I look up at that flag and um, it kind of grounded me a little bit and I do my little routine and then we were ready to go. Joe that's hilarious I do the same thing in
0: the anthem. Do you? Since I played, since I played, I count the stars. I count them forward, then I count them backward, then I count That's the straight. So funny. <laughs> I didn't think anybody else that would ever be doing that. That's too high that.
1: for me. <laughs> yeah, can't count I, can't, I can't count
0: that high. <laughs> yeah, so I think Timmy Walcon has only played six games that right, year, right? Yes. That's what. Yeah, I just played the six, and it was a double-digit score. Twenty-four first. minutes.
1: I think they were the first six. It was early in the season.
0: Yep. Yep. And then you guys down in Daytona, you played Messiah, North Carolina, Wesleyan, which traditionally two pretty strong programs. So. Now that year you ended up uh, making the NCAA tournament. You played Colby Sawyer and St. John Fisher the first weekend. Was that a weekend where you guys got to host or do you have to go on the road? Smith? So that was back when uh, I think there was still only
2: 48 being invited to the NCAA tournament. And so it wasn't, they didn't do these pods until later in the year, until later in the tournament, I think until the sweet 16. Yeah. Sweet 16. Yeah. So the first game, we played at home and that was amazing. It was my first time playing NCAA tournament and Joe is a hundred percent right. And, and Adam, you know, I mean, having hosted two rounds recently, how electric it can be. And when you get a, get uh field house full of people, it was really great. Um, and, and we, we took care of business uh, with Colby Sawyer and then we went out to St. John Fisher and, and played at their place, um, which was a, one of the most memorable games of, of my life and probably of Joe's as well. And then, um, and then, you know, went up to Williams, where it was who's who of college basketball was up there in the Northeast. Williams, Hamilton, University of Rochester. And I don't even remember the fourth, but I'm sure they were good. So, but <laughs> it was,
1: yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Amherst, Amherst Williams and University of Rochester. Oh, it was
2: Amherst.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there you go. But
1: put was, a purple, purple, purple team. Purple, that, team. purple Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a powerhouse bracket right there. Hard to argue with that.
1: So Joe, on that note, it's, um, I remember that St. John Fisher game, you know, almost like it was yesterday. Um, we were fortunate. It wasn't a way game, but they had no, it was their spring break. So they had no kids on campus, Hamilton in it's wonderful supportive way got a couple of, uh, school buses worth of kids on campus. And I remember coming out for lineup for the lineups and saying, you know, they started chanting, this is our house. So, um, it was, pretty, um, it was pretty cool to come out to someone else's gym. And at their gym, their, the stands were on the second level for most of them. So uh, we yep. came out, and coach, it was one of the best games for first half we've ever played. Um, I don't know, at some point um, at some point we were up, Joe, I don't know, 16, 18 points? Yeah. We were yeah. running away with it. For sure. And all of a sudden, their coach makes a roster swipe, and they just bring in four or five three-point shooters. And they just whap, 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 filled it up. And at one point they take the lead on us after we were up 18 points. And it was almost like we looked around, but we were never out of it. We never felt like, oh, my God, we're losing this game. We don't have a chance here. Um, and Joe, I don't know if you remember the play, but I, they, they, they brought in a guy who was, who was six foot eight and, I don't know, maybe 270, 280 pounds. And they tried to blanket me and just lean on me. And this guy, I mean, he was a big guy. He was six foot eight, 280. He was a, he was, he was a big guy. And Coach Murph drew up a play where they had me flash out to the wing and Joe flashed to the foul line. And Coach Murph said, Joe, you don't even have just, – just pretend you're going to – you know, don't even have the ball fake. Just turn. And I went back door and scored a, scored a bucket. And at that point, I think it was to tie the game or take the lead. Um, but it was, it was a pretty um, – it was almost like we drew it up. We didn't question him. We, we lined up, we did the play and it was perfectly executed. Joe backdoor. He didn't even look. He dropped me a backdoor pass. I went in for an uncontested layup to, to take the lead in an NCAA game. And it was a, it was a very memorable one um, for sure. And one of the things I remember vividly, Joe, after the game, I think it was your dad was um, being deployed the next day. Yes.
2: Yeah. That was crazy <laughs> for me. It was, my dad was uh, in the army reserves and he was off to Iraq the following that was a Friday or a Saturday night, and he was leaving wow. the next morning. And one thing that, um, you know, that uh, that coaches, you know, do for players or people at that level at that age is that they provide a, um, you know, another father figure. Uh, and Coach Murphy, I don't think anyone that's listening to this or will listen to this podcast would ever accuse him of being overly sentimental or uh, – <laughs> kissy, huggy, any of that stuff. That's not Coach Murphy. Um, But after that game, I was crying my eyes out because we had won a huge game. It was so fun. It was great. And my best friends, you know, we we were going nuts. It was nuts. And then I knew what was happening with my father. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the locker room just crying like crazy. And Coach Murphy gave me a hug. I mean, you know, stop the podcast. <laughs> so the guy gave a hug. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, it was, it was great. Um, you know, and, and, uh, what a fun, that was one of my, yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences playing basketball ever. Just all the different emotions, everything
0: involved. Yeah. Winning an NCAA tournament game on the road in a great atmosphere. It, it's hard to get much better than that as a student athlete. So yes. <clears throat> now you mentioned how
1: they, were, you they know, were a great team. They, you know, um, they had a great season. I think they might've, you know, obviously they hosted, so they had a better ranking than us regionally, but um, you know, that's of we took a chip on our shoulder with that too. We said, Oh, we're going to, you know, come in and show you guys. So it was, uh, and then the Williams was just a really, you know, it was a really tough matchup. They had a one, you know, they won the national championship. So, you know, we were, you know, Joe and I unfortunately reminisce about it, that it's a negative, but it's, um, it was, I want to say there was two minutes on the clock. We were down three points and Joe gets called for a defensive over the back, which, you know, offensive over the back on a rebound. Yeah. Joe went up, skyd up for a rebound, turned sideways like Coach Evans t- tells us, you know, don't turn your shoulder so you can't go over this way. And gives us all the, you know, what the refs look for. And they whistled Joe for it. And that was his fifth foul. And he fouled out. And, you know, that was the uh, you know, th- that was all she wrote. We didn't have enough firepower then to to kind of take the lead after they after they had it.
0: Would that have been the Rodman technique you're referring to. Is that right? Yeah, just kind of the turn
1: side. <laughs> Joe was a lot more athletic than me. So it was, um, you know, he was able to do a lot more successful, but um, you know, partnering, you know, in the key with Joe really was something remarkable, especially, you know, my, my senior year, I don't know if Joe will remember this, but he, he made an amazing move back door. Uh, You know, he was able to get open. He went up and I'm almost positive. He dunked on a guy, got an N one and I went over everyone's cheering and I grabbed him by, you know, both of his, his, his Jersey. And I, you know, I said, Joe, you are the best player on the court. You have to start acting like it, like take over. And it was almost like to, to, to what he said earlier is, you know, Joe's the best player. Joe has to get the ball. And it, he was just saying the wrong Joe. Joe was a hell of a lot more talented than me. He was a lot more athletic than me. Um, he could do a lot more. And, you know, it was nice to see him, especially towards the end of his career, kind of come out of his shell and get a lot of his confidence and know when I get the ball, I'm going to do whatever I want and no one's going to stop me. Um, he never walked into a gym and said that. But as, a, as a, the, the games would go on, it was pretty evident to see this kid's got a lot of talent and he's a serious player. Joe, so the PayPal uh, money will be sent <laughs> later. Well, thank you. I, I, listen, I can tell you what, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have scored as many buckets if teams could double team me. So uh, you know, it was at, at, at certain points, we, you know, Coach, we'd run Indiana, yeah. which was a pretty simple was keep the guards out of the key, keep them wide. We put a couple of three-point shooters on the wings and um, Joe and I would cross screen for each other. One would go high, one would go low. we pop back. And teams would have to decide, do I give Joe an open, you know, ball for the free throw line or do I give me, you know, Joe Finley the ball in the post and, you know, we made it, we made it hard and it was good. Um, but there's one player before I forget, Joe, that we talked about our senior year. Um, we played union um, and we were down to them in, in the um, conference championship game. And if we lost that game, I, I, we wouldn't have gotten that large bit. Because to Joe's point, there was only 40, you know, 42, 48 teams, whatever. And CJ Canteel came in and he was playing and I want to say he had two or three three pointers to give us the lead. We were behind, and he comes in he takes. We were like, and CJ, I love him to death, but he was the guy who would shoot. And he'd be like, no, 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 oh yeah, but he makes it, you know. So, and it was bang, bang, bang. He didn't hit three C, you know, threes, you know, all season, let alone in one game. And he kind of saved our season. So it was. Um, You know, although you you were saying something earlier, Greg Leone, thousand point scorer, Kevin Yanni with, you know, set records for three pointers in a season. Um, Joe and I obviously, you know, uh, got some awards at the end of our careers, but a guy like CJ comes off the bench or, you know, um, it was just really nice to see other players step up in big moments. And because of the way Coach Evans and Coach T and Coach E, you know, uh, Coach Murph had us ingrained and, and practiced, our practices were harder than games. So it was it was one of those things where we would be so competitive against each other. We would do the blue and white scrimmage. And I was I got more excited about winning that than than beating a conference foe or something. It's weird. It's weird to think that, you know, you walk away from practice saying, yeah, we beat we beat the snot out of the white team. And it's your own teammates (laughs) and friends. But uh, it was better than beating someone in an opposing team jersey. Yeah, you
0: mentioned some of the coaches. You know, I, I know you guys. You know, if it was the same pattern as what I've heard from a lot of other guys about practices, there'd be some time during the day where forwards would go with one assistant, guards would go with another assistant. You guys are both forward. So, you know, can you talk about what some of those workouts were like and you know, if you oh, spend yeah. more time with any other assistant coaches, then maybe Coach you know, everyone's yeah, everyone's talked about Coach Murphy, but you know, I think some guys have some connections with other staff members as well.
1: Yeah, Joe and I, I think um, this was the game. This was, you know, 1999 to 2003 for me. So big guys weren't allowed to shoot three-pointers in basketball then, you know. So um, Coach Evans used to take us down to the furthest basketball in the back of the field house, away from everybody. <laughs> um, and we would do nine-minute drill where the other guards got to shoot. You get a ball for the minute. You get to shoot shots for a minute. And Joe and I would look and be like, oh, my God. And he put us in the back corner and we would be doing the Schmeagel. We'd do baseline spin moves and we would be doing all these different moves. And I vividly remember it every time coach worked us like dogs for nine minutes, but it was some of the most valuable nine minutes that compounded over time to, to be life-changing for, you know, definitely for myself and I'm sure for Joe. Um, but one of the go-to lines, some of the times the guys, no offense to them, but they wouldn't, you know, necessarily say that they wouldn't give it them all. Sometimes maybe not, didn't find the same motivation at a Coach Evans, uh, you know, Yogi Berra-isms. Um, and I remember getting into a lineup, me and Joe, me and Joe worked like dogs, one of these nine minute drills. We were dripping sweat after, and he looks at the other guys and he says, you know what the difference is between these two and you? And he looked at three other guys and they all look up and he goes, you guys growing up, grow up eating steaks. These guys grew up eating hot dogs. They're hungry. And it was to this day. Every time I see Joe, it's, you know, those, those damn steak eaters. They don't know how, you know, what it's like growing up. So, um, you know, I think it was more figuratively. I You know, I did eat steak growing up, but it's um, we were just hungry. So it was just a different uh you know, when you get a taste of it, and you say, "No, I, I understand my hard work is going to pay off into something." And you know, one of the things I think Coach Evans drilled into us is, you know, in essence, let the game come to you. Don't force it. When you get the ball in the post, feel the player out. You know, know what's going on around you and where to where to go. And you know, he you know he kept it pretty simple. He said, "Listen, you need two moves. You need to go to, and you need a counter. If they stop you, go to. You got your counter. If you got two moves from every position on the key, they, they can't stop you. So just be com- comfortable and confident with that. And know if you can't go this way, you're going to go this way." And honestly, it's I went on campus, I I think, as a decent player. And I left. And a lot of that was because of the tutelage of the coaches. And, you know, Randy in the preseason, I think everybody, Joe, did everyone have their own basketball? I think that was one of the things to start the the season. And you go, you take your ball out and you had had, it was a chart that you had to go Mm -hmm. on your own time and shoot 100 free throws every day. And you'd have to go into the gym and get your reps in. And if you ever needed to say, hey, coach, I want to work on something. Coach Torgowski would find the time. He'd meet you in the gym. He'd work on it. He'd have his pad. He'd beat you up in the post. He'd make you do, you know, a little bit of conditioning, but it was mostly skill-based and getting you comfortable with, the, you know, with the upcoming opponents. He'd give you some tips on what they're going to be doing. Um, and he just made himself always available. So, you know, the coaching staff between, you know, Coach Stockwell was, a, was, was a, uh, um, coach, coach Stoll was amazing our freshman year. It was nice to have a couple of young guys. You know, Randy had just graduated from University of Rochester. So he was, and he told us, he goes, I'm telling you guys right now, you're going to miss these five hour bus rides. You're going to miss the locker room, you know, you know, laughing and cracking jokes. He goes, the games. Yeah, you'll miss the games, but you're going to miss the camaraderie and the friendship and the things and the hard work. These are the things you're going to look back in life and say, man, I wish I could drive, you know, to St. Lawrence five hours in a snowstorm. And you do it's, you know, he was spot on. So I, I think we had a little bit of appreciation as we were going through it. And, um, I will give coach Murphy a lot of credit. I don't know. I think if something he said to me later in my career, he goes, Joe, I only recruit guys that I would jump in a foxhole with. Um, and I took it as a big compliment of honor. But you look around at the guys and you say, "Yeah, these are all quality stand-up people." And it's something you know, Coach. Not to—I know this is about our time, but it's something you've continued in this program. And I've been fortunate enough to you know be around the team and see the parents and see the players and see the quality. And that's what makes it all worth it. You know, when you, you're able to be successful on the court and you have people that are well-rounded and they can go on in life and and be good people and contribute to society, um, it's phenomenal. So it's a lot of the you know. My high school coach made us read something before our tryouts, um, Values of the Game by Bill Bradley. And Coach Murphy didn't make us read it, but he instilled it in us. And it was something that, you know, um, I think stays with you for life. Yeah, I think that's the
0: role of a coach, right? Ultimately
1: you're an educator
0: and a mentor as well. And I think you guys have both spoken to that. Now, Joe Smith, for you, obviously getting to work with Joe Finley and Coach Evans on a regular basis here uh, was pretty fun. And then Joe Finley graduates. So now your senior year, you're in these nine minute workouts with coach Evans and, and probably some younger guys, you know, did that change at all that next year for you? And not having Joe Finley around as much. It changed everything.
2: Um, you know, he, he, Joe, I think everyone's alluding to it. Uh, but practices were so hard because the guy that you were defending and the guy that was defending you was really good. And, um, you know, I think that has been a staple of Hamilton basketball for a long time, that if you took our um, second five and put them on another team, they probably would be starters. And so um, anyway, that that's kind of what we all got through. Joe Finley being as strong as he was and as um forceful as he was uh was was good for me uh I learned from him his senior year he definitely was the leader of the team vocally and on the court um and then when he graduated I said that's how you do it because we had our, the best year I ever had when he was senior and when I was a junior um now my junior year or my senior year we had a uh freshman named to Connie Ngobeni, who was we called him TK, and he was a freshman from South Africa, and uh, you can imagine, you know, a kid from Massachusetts coming in and playing for Coach Murphy and and working with Coach Evans. Now take a kid out of South Africa and put him in front of Coach Evans. I mean, it it was what a what a, what a circus, but it was awesome. It was it was really really fun. I mean, Joe is right. We learned a ton from coach Evans. Uh, he, he's a wealth of basketball knowledge. I mean, you say it, he, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, that's my senior year. Um, we had a lot of, we had big shoes to fill to keep going and, uh, we found a way we, we didn't have as great a record and, uh, we lost some games. Maybe we shouldn't have, but, uh, you know, our, our senior class was, was, um, was dedicated and, and
0: we got it, we got it done. Yeah. Well, if you look at that season stats, you get back to what you see more frequently where you have six, seven guys playing major minutes. You know, obviously there were, there were four of you playing over 30. You were at 37, Greg Leone, TK and CJ were all around 32 minutes a game. And that core group of seven with, with Timmy Welkons, Jeff Tomlinson, Mike Evans kind of seems like they took the lion's share of the productivity for the team in the minutes that was kind of a crazy year in the league. I, I think if I remember right, that was a four way tie for first place and kind of came down to some tiebreakers just to get a chance to host the UCAA. You know, what was that like going into the end of the season? You know, could not really knowing for sure where you'd fit in. Cause you had to win a couple of games and had to beat the right teams and had to get the right help to have a chance to host. Yeah, it was,
2: like I said, it was crazy. We had some luck. Uh, I do remember in the, maybe the last, weekend of the regular season going up and playing Clarkson and St. Lawrence and we played St. Lawrence and they beat us. They thumped us. And I remember in the locker room afterwards, and sometimes I'm not the brightest joke can attest to that, but uh, we lost the game and uh, I punched a locker and the locker won. Uh, my hand was pretty bruised <laughs> after uh, and coach Murphy came in and uh, for once in his career uh, said, you know, it easy i think we're going to be all right you know he was he was less upset with the loss than we were because i think he had done the math and figured out we were still probably going to host the tournament and you're right four teams with the exact same record and hamilton ends up hosting a tournament and once that happened it was you know we knew it was on we were we were going to have a real good chance at, at winning um all those guys you mentioned are, are, are really good and i think um I think that may have been the start to now, of course it was coach Murphy's final year, but still, I think it was that I would consider that kind of the start to changing from playing completely inside out to start more saying kind of outside in where like Mike Evans and Greg Leone could really shoot the three and they really spaced it, which helped me a lot and helped TK TK ended up being able to shoot the three a little bit. So yeah, I think it was a transition period, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and, and nerve wracking, but we, we got the most.
0: Well, Mike Evans is still the all-time three-point percentage leader at Hamilton at, at 43.3%. So I, I know Mike, you would text me if you'd, I didn't mention that. So I want to make sure. I that <laughs> in there. Um, now you mentioned that that was coach Murphy's last year. Was that something that you knew through the season or was that something that came about abruptly at the end? Um, uh, we've, He told us at the beginning of the year, we were
2: out on a a trip to California to play uh, two teams in a preseason tournament. And at the end of the tournament, he he told us, he said, this is going to be my final year, Um, which, you know, put some put some pressure on us, you know, thinking on like we're the last that he's going to have here. The other piece to that is that um, uh, I wouldn't say 600. He was just shy of 600 or is it 500? I think it was 600. 600, Yeah. Yeah. And it got, because we were hanging around 500 and we were winning a game and losing a game. And Dennis Murphy, the famed equipment manager down in the cage would mention to me once in a while, Hey, you're only three games away from Coach Murphy getting it, you know, and, uh, and then we go out and lose and it would be, you know, so it was some added pressure, but we were able to get him at 600th uh right at the end I mean right at the end of the season and um you know it was it was a lot you know was a lot of other stuff going on with uh you know some media coverage because you know a legend is retiring uh, yeah uh we were just fortunate to be able to get uh to get him his 600th win and then to get to the NCAA tournament I thought that was a that was a pretty good way to cap a you know tremendous career
0: yeah I I don't I don't know for sure, but right around that Clarkson game, you talked about after punching your hand there in the locker room, that that was pretty close. That six hundred, and your hand must have not bothered you too much. You had twenty-eight and twelve that night, um, a twenty-four point win. So, I'm going to say that the hand was impacted with the seven turnovers, but the twenty-eight and twelve, forgot about the hand during those.
2: <laughs> Maybe a couple missed free throws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the turnovers weren't my fault. They were never big guys' faults. It was the guards. They couldn't throw us the ball in the paint. You know, Joe will tell you that it was. We never 100. It was all guards.
1: I had that just on that on that three point. I remember. um, I'm trying to think what Kevin Yanni. Kevin Yani had said something to me uh, along the lines of like, you know, you gotta, you, you know, sometimes you gotta pass the ball back out. And I'm like, what are you, I was like, what are you, what are you shooting from the floor? He's just like, uh, whatever the number was. I said, well, it's less than me, so I'll ball because I'll make him, I'm making, I'm, I put him in more. Than me, so. But Joe brought up a great name. Uh, you know, we, we often talk about what makes Hamilton special. And it's the, you know, the coaches that are there and the people that welcome you into the family. Right. And they take care of you and they guide you and they make sure that you're going to grow into a person. But one of the people that I guess it's because he's not on the bench, but Joe brought him up is Dennis Murphy, where um, there's times in your career where you need somebody to motivate you or you need somebody to relieve the pressure or you need somebody just to be a friend. And when you pop your head into his little window and you're picking up your, you, you know, your practice uniform for, for the day or you got your away bag and he stuffed something in it to make you smile. And it was just such a person that that I guess made such an impact on so many players. And I know he was honored by the college, but looking back at my career, I said, man, I can't believe what a positive impact this guy who, who reaches out of a window and gives you your jersey. And it's somebody that you grow to respect and somebody that really makes an impact on you and, and changes you know the course of what your career could be. So it's, you know, he's definitely somebody that, that the Hamilton program has um, you know, and the beauty with him is he gets as much out of it as, as, you know, he gives. So it's it's, you know, going back on campus and hopefully once the world gets back to normal, we could get back. But standing next to him and just, you know, letting him lean over you and, and whisper something in your and you, you know, you just say, man, this guy just loves it and breathes it and you know, Hamilton is, is him through and through. So it's, uh, it's remarkable to look back and say, man, I was so fortunate to have that guy in my corner. You'd be amazed.
0: Maybe you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't be amazed. The number of guys, when they come back to campus, their first stop or their second stop is going to see D Murph. Right. You know, and if I talk to someone I haven't talked to in a while, they say, Hey, how's Dennis doing? How's D Murph doing? And you know, he's, he's golden, you know, it's hard to find people like that. And we're really fortunate to have him here. And I, you know, he just loves basketball and, You know, he's been such a great connection for so many student athletes, not just on the basketball team, but in a lot of programs. And it's amazing the number of alums that come back and you'll see him at the cage, you know, before the pandemic and coming around. So it's I'm glad you brought him up because he's one of the the great pillars of Hamilton basketball for sure. Well, I got one more question for you, Joe Smith. You know, you obviously you guys have talked about each other a little bit, you know, as as fellow All-Americans. The next All-American you touched on briefly was TK. You got to play with him when he was young and you talked about those workouts with Coach Evans. Could you tell as a freshman, you know, as a freshman, he played 32 minutes, was co-rookie of the year with Nick Jones, who ended up graduating from Hamilton as well. You know, what did you see from him early on when he was young? 14 points, 10 rebounds a game as a freshman. That's pretty impressive. So any thoughts on him since you got a chance to kind of play with him when he was a freshman and, and you'd been through the grind already for a couple of years? Yeah, TK, we knew immediately he was going to be a good
2: one as soon as he stepped on campus. think thing about TK that people... I don't know, no or not, don't know, but uh, he had enormous hands. I mean, his hands were like, uh, you know, if any basketball fans are out there, there was a Michael Jordan picture where he put his hands out, and you're like, you're always measuring your fingers, how big are Michael's. TK's must have been as big as Michael's. They were huge. He was extremely athletic. Um, he didn't necessarily know the game that well um, coming in, and uh, credit to the coaching staff, he learned it pretty quickly. The ability was always there. It's just the knowledge of the game. And he got he got a lot better from you know day one of freshman year till the end to the last game and and a pleasure to be around, like really always mm-hmm. smiling to a point where I kind of, you know, it was I remember he and, and Tim Welkons, two guys that are really upbeat, happy guys, uh joking around all the time and stuff. And that might have been one of the issues that I had with punching the locker was that we had just lost the game and people weren't mad enough. Uh, and <laughs> there had, you know, the, and that speaks to culture, you know, my freshman year when we didn't make the NCAA tournament, um, the seniors or the junior rising seniors, let us all know how that was not to be expected, you know, and they, you shouldn't be joking and happy and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it, you know, culture just, and it keeps going. And if it's the right culture, you successful like Hamilton has been and continues to be under under your coaching. So uh, TK was really good. Happy to have him. There's no way we would have gotten Coach Murphy's 600 or us into the tournament without him,
0: for sure. That's awesome. Well, guys, this is uh, this has been great. Really fantastic. Uh, love the stories. Wanted to make sure you guys know that our guys now, you know, after having Coach Evans here for a couple of years, a few years ago, our guys on a regular basis, three or four times a week, they got to finish three Finleys on each side and four Smiths. So we've got, uh, got the drills carried over, like Coach Evans said, name them after the best players here. So And we've, we've tried to do that. So if you come on campus here and you ask guys, hey, what's a Finley or what's a Smith? I They've done a lot of them, so they they would know what it is. But this was great. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say here
1: before we cut off, but it was a lot of fun for me to hear some of the stories and have a better no, feel for the it, early Coach, 2000s. Um, it, it, looking back, it's it's remarkable. I, you know, I still talk to Coach Evans. I still talk to Coach Murphy. Obviously, you and I, you know, although I never played for you, it's it's looking back. You know, looking at the program and what you've done with it, it's pride. You know, it's Facebook. It's memories popping up, and it's you know uh, the last couple runs you guys have had. And I, I said, I can't believe how proud I am to be to, to come from this program. And it's not just the coaching, but it's, you know, the teachers and professors, I, I'm still in contact with a couple of professors that um, from from my days at Hamilton. And, you know, they're retired and they're on with their lives. But Professor Eismeyer, Professor Bradfield, um, you know, my wife uh, with her work needed a story. And I called in and, and Professor Franklin said, yeah, I'll, I'll happily jump in and, and, and you know, jumped on a, you know, got jumped on a newscast with my wife and did an interview. And it just speaks for, you know, the, the people at Hamilton. And he's already trying to recruit my sons. So he's just like, well, you got two sons. We got to get them to Hamilton. And get you know get them get them into the basketball and get them on campus. So, it's this this nature of of, of Hamilton and it's, and it's being unique and special. And you know when I got married, my wife was just like, I don't understand why you have so many college friends coming to this wedding. And I said, well, it's when you when you when you go there, you know. And it's just lifelong friends and it's people that um, you know. It, it's a weird thing. I'm sure if you go to other college, you see somebody with uh, you know. Your alma alma mater, you know, sweatshirt. You say, "Oh yeah," but Hamilton. It's like you run up to each other and like you almost embrace and say, "Oh my God!" You know, another another Continental. And it's it really is uh, a phenomenal. And then within the the basketball, it's even a little bit more of a you know a tighter community. And it's it's remarkable to you know uh, you know Joe and I we were on a text chain for 20 years now with uh, a couple of our teammates and a couple of guys that we rehash these stories with and it's just great to know that the relationships and friendships and, you know, realistically, it's these guys are like brothers to me. And uh, to know that all came out of, you know, lining up, lacing your shoes and, and shooting a basketball together. It's pretty remarkable. So, you know, thank you to Hamilton for the opportunity. And it was a life changing experience.
2: Hard to follow that, but uh, I <laughs> echo everything he said. And um, I think Hamilton represents a lot that's good in society today. Uh, welcoming family. Um, Hamilton basketball is hard work. Put your nose down, keep your head down, Uh, just work and work and work and be humble. And, uh, you know, Coach Stockwell, I know you very well. You kind of are emblematic of what Hamilton basketball is about. You, You are very successful, but you don't tell anyone that you are. You just let your work stand for itself and you're humble and all of the players I've ever played with at Hamilton, all of the players that I've gotten to meet over the years, all the camp counselors and all those people, they, they all are just good quality individuals um, that are hum- uh, humble and, and um, just good people to be around. And thank you for allowing us to speak. Uh, Joe and I talk way too much. And so hopefully uh, people haven't fallen asleep, but uh, we appreciate the opportunity. So thanks again, Coach.
0: No, this is great. It's always great to hear about the connections. And, and that's, I, I said this on another podcast here we recently did. That's what's come through more than anything else are, are the, the connections that people have and the memories and the relationships that they've developed and continue to have over the course of time. I, I know for me, I would love to get to the point where I can just yell out, give the ball to Joe, and it's going to go to one of two All-Americans, right? That makes it really easy from a coaching perspective. So that, that would be the best play ever. But um, well, thanks, guys. This was great. Had a blast. Uh, really appreciate it. And, and obviously in these times, just stay safe. And looking forward to getting back on campus. Thank you. See you soon, guys.